Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Daisy Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. I um, I was having a discussion with Sandy this week, our uh, associate pastor, who is a very, very good teacher. We have some great teachers in, in this house. Jim is one of them, and uh, you know, Rod... Uh, Rod's another one. We've got, we've just got a lot of good teachers here. I'm not a great teacher. I'm a preacher. <laughs> I preach. And as I was preparing for this Sunday, the Lord just gave me one thing. He was, it's like he was asking me a question. I felt very strongly the Lord is asking me, so I'm going to talk about his question for me, and I'm going to see if it has something to do with you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen for what God's saying to you in what I say. But I want you to acknowledge what God's saying to you. I want you to say, yep, I hear that. I want you to be ready to take a note. So if you've got something you can write a note down, even if it's just on your phone or whatever, I want you to see what God says to you this morning, and then I want you to do something about it during the week. Because the truth is, being a Christian isn't about us gathering here on Sundays, which is a good thing. I'm glad you're here. This is where we all come together. We worship God together. I'm going to tell you guys, this is a very important part of life and what we're doing here is worshiping God, sharing our faith, joining together to praise Him here in this earth. Actually, that last song, I love that last song. And one of the great ways we fight our battles is with worship. And our victory is always found in Jesus' name. It's always found in Jesus' name. But our life in Christ, our faith isn't walked out here on Sunday mornings. This is a place where we're built up. To be a Christian is all about how we live our lives away from here. Make no mistake. Being a Christian isn't... Sunday service attendance, being a Christian is at work when that jerk bothers you one more time. At home, when everybody in your house is stepping on your last nerve. How we live our lives and how we choose to to dwell in this earth suit God gave you for a little while. And you, you know you don't get to keep that thing, right? You get a better one that's not going to go belly up on you. Right? No no one's coming out of this thing with that body that you're wearing right now. Being a Christian is all about changing the aim of our lives to the things that are from the things that are happening in this life to the things that happen in life eternal. We, we reset our aim. You know, there's an old saying that if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. Yeah. 
Faith means that we have lifted our attention off this earth and placed them on the unchangeable Son of God. The unchangeable Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The direction of our path has stopped being the way the world does it. You know, this is a side note. Do you know I was sitting as a young man living my life very wildly and I know I had grandparents and parents that were praying for me. And um, I had to go to the doctor one day. I, I actually got hepatitis A. It was the sickest I've ever been in my life and it was probably from the bad lifestyle I was living and I was sitting in a doctor's office feeling next to dead. And they, the doctor had a Bible right there. And I didn't know what else to do. I pull up the Bible and I flop it open. It opens up to a, a weird book called Ecclesiastes. And I read, it's a short book. I'm sitting in a doctor's office as a young man, you know, totally drink, you know, in alcoholism and drug abuse and wild living and I'm reading Ecclesiastes in a doctor's office because I have hepatitis because of my awful lifestyle. And I read the book of Ecclesiastes. Anybody ever read that book? That will mess with your mind. Vanity of vanities, all is vanities, says the preacher. And he goes through all these things. He says, I tried this. The man was a king and had unlimited wealth at his hand. The guy built buildings. He had multiple wives. I, dude, how do you even pull that off? I can't manage one very well. You know, what's wrong with you, man? That, that, that's a story for another day. Anyway, this guy tries everything. He tries wisdom. He tries folly. He tries building things. He tries, And at the end of everything he tried, he says... And that was vanity too. And I'm sitting in the doctor's office re- thinking about my life, looking at this thing, saying, that's me. It's me without money. You know, I just didn't... The, you know, that's me. The book of Ecclesiastes, I, I started reading it just because it sounded weird. It just totally messed with my mind. Now, I got to say, I didn't drop to my knees and repent of my sins right then. But something started changing in my head. Something started changing in my thinking. And it plays into the thing that God was asking me this week, which is, how do, John, how do you want to live your life? And so you guys get to sit in on a session of me answering God's question. And if it has anything to do with you, cool, bonus. Score. As I thought about that question, the thought that came to me was Matthew chapter, or excuse me, John 10.10. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. I don't know if we're going to have the verses up. John 10.10. How do I want to live my life? And maybe you could join me in asking yourself, how do you want to live your life? Here's how I want to live my life. 
Jesus says in John 10.10, the thief, okay, let's stop right there. He's talking about the devil. Okay, let's be real clear. He calls him a thief at this point. Do you understand the devil and the way the world works that's inspired of the devil is trying to steal from you? Jesus said this, the thief comes only, listen, everybody say only, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This world has nothing that's going to impart real life. And I've been in places in my life before even serving God and forgetting the rest of this verse. Forgetting it. Any, anybody been a Christian for very long and find out your humanity is still there? You forget. We'll, we'll go over that in a little while. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Other translations say, have it abundantly. How do I want to live my life? I want to live an abundant life. Abundance. And I'm not talking about how the world measures out abundance. Do you know you can, you can have everything, and I'm getting ahead of myself, and have nothing. You know, when I finally did give my life to Jesus, what I found... I won't go through the whole story of it, but I met Jesus on a canal bank in Phoenix somewhere. I didn't meet Him in church. I mean, I, my parents took me to church growing up. I, I had prayed to receive Christ as a young man and somehow it didn't take. <laughs> it didn't work. Anybody else ever experience that? I just wandered back off again. Of course, I was deceived by the devil. If you've wandered off, Guess what? God loves you so much still. He hasn't changed his mind about you at all. Don't listen to the devil. But I remember as I stood there on the canal bank, I, I prayed a prayer. And my prayer was this. God, I'm not doing anything with my life. If you've got something you want to do with it, fine, go ahead. But what I meant was, I give what life I have to you. And that day, something inside me changed and I felt something I hadn't felt for a very long time. I felt love and I felt peace and I felt joy. And I, I literally walked across this vacant lot on my way. I was walking to my apartment and, and every little rock and every little weed and everything, I saw beauty in. I, look, I looked up at the sky. It's like I saw beauty all over again. For, and it's like it was the first time. Something in me changed and I felt life abundantly. I felt different on the inside. I felt loved and forgiven and accepted I felt joy and I felt peace. See, the thing that I count to be life abundantly isn't what the world's doing around me. It's not my circumstances, even though it, there is an interaction. I'm not saying it has nothing to do with it. I'm saying if the inside of me doesn't experience life abundantly, anything on the outside is temporary and ultimately false. 
That's why addicts get into doing drugs. That's why alcoholics can't get off, can't get off alcohol. Because they're looking to something outside to fix something inside and it never will work. It only takes more and more and more and more. And never truly gives anything. I've decided I want life abundantly. And over the years of serving God, I've discovered that even though as a human I wander sometimes, and I I don't focus on the Lord all the time like I should, I've discovered that any moment, no matter where I've found myself at, That if I call on the Lord, if I call on the name of Jesus for help, that if I call on my Father that's in heaven, He's always there. He always meets me. And the thing that happens like right immediately, right in the middle of the storm, right in the trial, right in the difficult circumstance that feels like, you know, anybody ever been in that moment? I can't take this anymore. Have you? Maybe I'm the only one. That in that moment of I can't take this anymore. As I turn to Him. In genuine, in genuine surrender to Him. Maybe even confessing. Why, Lord, why did I forget You again? Why did I wander in my heart and in my mind from You? He meets me there every single time. Can, some, can somebody confess that, with me that you've experienced that? Every time He's there. Every time in the middle of it without one single thing changing. I, I fi- he finds me in my pain, in my moment. And, and immediately I feel love all over again. I feel that moment of peace and joy and change. And it's like, oh yes, you always were my life. And you still are. And He always will be. The life I want to live is full of an abundance of peace. Even though I'm inconsistent and I forget that sometimes. The life I want to live is full of joy. The life I, I want to live is... Listen to me. I don't know about anybody else here, but I thrive on having purpose. You know, there was a book written by uh, Rick Warren, a, a a pastor of a massive church over in uh, the L.A. area. And it's called The Purpose Driven Life. For a while, I think it was the best-selling book in the whole United States of any. And it's, it's, if you can get one of those and read it, it's a great book. But I'm telling you, I want purpose in my life. I want to do something with what few years I have that matter. That change the world for better. That change people around me for better. That I can see that my life wasn't just a little vapor that's here and gone. Like basically we are, guys. I want purpose. And I find purpose in God. I don't find purpose in money. I don't find purpose in possessions. 
I don't find purpose in, in anger. I don't find purpose in the way the world values things. I don't find any of the things that I call purpose. I find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. And His purpose is always aimed at eternity. Always aimed at, at releasing heaven in your family and in your heart and in, in your uh, workplace. It's always aimed at something that's abundant. It's abundant. Something that's worth living life for. Anybody agree with that? Do you? Next. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It reads this way. And Jesus said to his disciples, Okay, stop. Everybody look up. Any disciples of Jesus in this place? Come on. Don't, don't, be, don't back down. Hold your hand up. Is that you? I believe this is actually talking to all of us. Jesus said to his disciple, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves... Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their souls? The life I want to live, I want to live it this way. Because of the first answer, of wanting to live life abundantly. I find that when I encounter God, when I have deep communion with Him, my soul, my inner being overflows. And, and it changes me to be a better person. It's His presence, not my obedience to rules. Not my effort to be a good guy that changes me. It's that welling up of His love, His presence, His demonstrating of who He is in me that makes me yearn for better. And I find another thing in me that is at war with that. And that is my own human inconsistencies. That is my own human propensity in the flesh to want the things of this world. To want the approval of this world. Listen to me. People in this world and their thoughts about who you are and what you're like carry a big pressure on us, don't they? Peer pressures in society to conform to what social... The, the society at the moment says is right or wrong or acceptable or unacceptable carry a huge pressure on each and every one of us. And if you're old like me, or even older, you notice those things change over time. They're always changing. This style, that style, that, you know, I'm not bagging on 
you know, wanting to be stylish. And that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is it changes, right? You know what? Some of you don't know this about me, but when I was a young man, I had hair about halfway down my back. Now, a lot of it's not there anymore. I had a friend of mine tell me years ago, John, men never lose hair. He was a bald as a cue ball. He's a Jewish guy. I went to a Christian that I went to Bible college with. And he, he says, men never lose hair. And he's a little shorter than me. I'm looking down on his head thinking, Warren, what the heck are you talking about, man? Have you looked in the mirror lately? And he says, men never lose hair. And I said, okay, you got me. Explain. He says, it falls off one place and it shows up other places. And I was like, dude, you're right. Wow, that totally got me off my message. You know, it's... Warren Frankel, wherever you are, I love you anyway. This society is up and down and changes this way and changes that way. And God's way never changes. The way of the Lord is always follow me. Listen to me, saints. And, and, and maybe you're not a saint. Maybe you haven't given your life to the Lord yet. And I want you to hear this out. The way to an abundant life means letting go of this one. It means letting go of the way the society tells you you have to live your life. It means letting go of our own likes and dislikes. It's not always, sometimes it is. It's not that God cares nothing about our personal preferences. I think the issue is, do we care about what He says is right above all? Above anything. If the Lord says life is this way, come this way, and we go that way, we have embraced a life that's not of God. And I don't know about you, but I've struggled with that my whole life. Because my flesh wants to go a different way. My flesh wants to go the way of comfort and acceptance. I want to look okay in other people's eyes. Some of you will say, oh, I don't care about anything like that. Yeah, let's have a talk for a little while. Let's see if that's true. I want to live a life that is letting go of this. Every one of us, our lives are kind of like a jar. Think about a jar and you're trying to place things in it. We only have so much capacity. And if I'm going to get more of heaven, I'm going to have to take something out. Something's got to go. I, listen, every one of us are filling our time with something. You're filling your time with, with TV or with work. Or you're filling every one of your hours of every one of your days are full of something. And you only get so many of those days. Do you really know that? Yeah? No? What is it? Oh, quit being so morbid, Pastor John. You're talking about death all the time. No, I'm not. I'm talking about life. Talking about how we spend what days and hours and minutes we have in this life. Are we spending it on something that's not bringing any benefit? And trust me, 
I like my downtime. I do. Okay, I'm, I'm going there. Every <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a counselor say, talking about men, way back, you know, many years ago, and he was talking about men, how men compartmentalize things. Guys, do you actually do that? We compartmentalize things, don't we? This is my work time. And I put my, you know, when I'm in my work box, it's all about work. When it's at my family box, I'm all about family. And then he said this. He said, every man has a nothing box. And no woman believes there is such a thing. And, and so, when, when the wife asks, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? Nothing. They don't believe you. They want to see what's in the nothing box because they just know something's in there. And they don't believe nothing's in there because they can't pull off nothing. Because their heads are, their brains are too interconnected and they're going all the time. It's just a physiological reality. We men, we have the luxury of the nothing box. I'm not saying... All of a sudden, every moment of every day, we've got to be praying and reading our Bible. What I am saying is the direction of our life needs to be in the way of the Lord Jesus Christ to embrace Him wholeheartedly. To embrace His way wholeheartedly. Because, my friends, if you're not serving a God that's worth doing it His way, then you need to cash out and get a better God. If he's not, the God you're serving isn't smart enough to know how you should live your life. Why are you serving him? I hear Christians say, oh, well, I can do this and still be a Christian, can't I? Well, that's legalism. That's rule following, yeah? We're called as Christians to live by God's grace through faith. Faith says, Lord, what, what would you have me do? Faith says, Lord, what now? Faith knows that He's always with us. See, I want to live a life, the life I want to live is letting go of the way the world works. Because I'm telling you, I don't have that many years left. I don't have that much time left. And in order to live an abundant life, I'm going to get rid of some more stuff in me that shouldn't be there. Because I love my God more than I love that stuff. Next, Matthew 24 12 through 13. Matthew 24, 12 through 13. Jesus is saying this. He's prophesying about the end days. Anybody think you're in the end days? Here's another end, end time teaching for you. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. The primary objective of every Christian is love. 
the primary teaching of the New Testament is love. The primary point of everything and the person that we serve is called love. John, uh, 1 John, uh, two times in the book of 1 John, says God is love. And the way the world works is trying to beat the love right out of you. Has anybody noticed how hard... I mean, it's so easy right now to watch the news, to watch the problems, to see... Yeah, I agree with you. It's, I don't watch it myself. But it, it, you can't get away from the realities that we live in a society right now in the United States that seems to have gone crazy. Where there's elements of our society that, that seem to think looting and violence is okay. And I'm not here to... I'm not here, I don't agree with that, but that, that's not what I want to talk about. But the pain and difficulty of this life would choke the love right out of every one of us if it could. And make no mistake, the, one, the devil who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy is trying to do that to you. And is trying to do it to me. He's trying to get us to sin and, and make ourselves the judge of the world as we sit on our throne and, and get our wooden gavel and proclaim with the finger pointed, judgment, judgment, judgment. And I'm telling you that won't change the world. It's just going to add to the problem. When Christians sit in the seat of judgment against other people and their politicals, yeah, I did say that. You may have a different opinion, but no one made you judge. There is someone who called you to pray, though. When we, when we take the action that's appropriate because we love someone, because we love our nation, because we, our primary objective... See, I want to lead a life of love. And I don't want to give the world an opportunity to beat that love out of me. And make no mistake, when we sit down in that judgment seat towards others, and even though we know, we're not stupid, we know their actions are wrong and detrimental and can't lead to righteousness. When we sit down in the judgment seat on them, we're adding to the problem. I don't want to do that. I want to be part of the solution. And the solution is love. And love motivates us to right actions and right actions change the world around us. Because our God is love. If I'm enjoining myself in loving action, if I've taken that stance that I'm going to love no matter what, I'm not going to let the world beat the love out of me. Even if it kills me. What did Jesus do? Hanging on the cross. Hanging on the cross. He didn't judge. He stood, he, he hung there saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It is a sacrifice. Sacrifice of our rights. Sacrifice of of the any any possibility of us being a judge or jury it's a sacrifice of worship of god and love that changes the world i want to lead a life of love 
And lastly, I want to say this. Matthew 5.14 says this. Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town or a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. And I want to end with this thought. I want all of the light in me and shining out of me that I can have. Do you know what I want? I want to lay hands on the sick and see them miraculously recover. I want to tell the hopeless things that are full of real hope. I want to share the love of God with someone around me when they haven't known love and God knows how long. I want to help the helpless. I want to minister to my community, to my family. I want to live a life that leaves a wake of change for good behind me. And if it's possible, the epitaph on my headstone, I want it to say, He loved. And I'm not the most shining example of love in this world, but I'm going to take the steps after Jesus Christ that I know lead that direction. Because ultimately, my friends, I'm asking you to join me in changing the world. And it comes the way God wants to do it. We, God's, the Lord is calling us to a life of repentance right now. Has anybody else felt that? Of turning from evil and turning to the Lord. Of doing it His way. Because Letting go of the world and its ways and dying to that is always going to lead to life abundantly for you and for others around you. Let's all stand up. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking You that You would draw us closer to You. If You heard the Lord in any way this morning in what I was saying, I just want You to lift a hand to Him and say with me, I heard You. Lord, we heard You. Help us live our lives in a way it's your way, not our way. Help us live life abundantly. I pray that over every person here, over every family here, life abundantly. Life abundantly. Can you tell him that with me? I want life abundantly. Lord, I pray for the peace and the joy, the fulfillment, the purpose, the intimacy with You over every person here.
I'm asking you that our home life will change, that our work life will change, that especially our life inside our own skin will change to live in peace more and more and more. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's A-Z-V-I-N-E-Y-E-R-D.com. 